You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointing episode of the Assembly Call. As today, your Indiana Hoosiers lose to Northwestern 76-72 to in Assembly Hall. The record brings them down to 14-11 on the season and 6-8 and in the Big Ten. Uh, a, tough, a tough game. Uh, Indiana was close for a while in the first half. The Northwestern saw it, it stretch out. Indiana makes a little bit of a run midway late in that first half, but ends up being down eight at the half. Came out on fire, uh, a nice run to start the second half to get it down to within three. Then all of a sudden you see Northwestern build that lead back up, and then another uh, run. So a game of runs today where Indiana ended up four points short. Uh, but interesting, and we'll talk about this at some point, every one of those runs started with the transition three. Just to point that out, Cups had two of them. Galloway had one to start the second half, or I don't know if it's transition necessarily, but a three ball to start those runs. Uh, Indiana had an 11-0 run down the stretch, down 16. Uh, came back and got it into three, but they just couldn't get over the hump uh, today against uh, the Northwestern Wildcats. And a lot of the same issues that have happened from game to game uh, occurred today, and we'll uh, talk about that. I'm, I'm your host, Coach Brian Tonsoni. I'm here with Coach Marlowe. I'm here with Ryan Phillips. We're going to break it down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Uh, but let's start the show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And to be honest with you, the banner moments are tough uh, when you lose. It just it's it's a lot tougher. But I will go back to those uh, those runs. If there is something positive, this team did not hang it up at any point during the game. Uh, they, they could have early in the first half. Uh, they renew picks up his third foul with four minutes to go. Yes, it was eight point lead. Uh, they obviously uh, listened to the adjustments or, or at least the, the butt chewing or whatever at halftime came out, made it a ball game and then getting down 16 late. I think it was four, uh, 63 to 47 and they still found a way to get back to make it a, a one possession. So if you're looking for positives and I know a, a lot of people are, and, and maybe a lot more aren't, uh, which I'm on that side. Uh, not very positive, but there were the, the, they didn't give up and, and they kept fighting in a home loss uh, to a team that Mike Woodson has not uh, beat yet in his three years, that being Northwestern. So that's that's the banner moment is the fact that this team with a, a tough season is still trying to fight its way back and, and, and a short of some rebounds and free throws uh, maybe could have uh, come out uh, victorious. Our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their seventh season sponsoring the Assembly Call and their third at presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere, and since IU is their flagship school, you know more high-quality gear with unique IU logos from the past is always right around the corner. And that corner is here. This week, Homefield's, uh, last week, Homefield's IU Fresh came out featuring a number of interesting and nostalgic designs, and there's more on the way. This is my high-end apparel. That's Homefield. That's my kind of high-end apparel, and that's the high-end apparel that I'm going to keep buying because they sponsor us each and every week. And no matter what you buy, you know it will be comfortable and the colors will last. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came through Kelly and isn't shy about showing its love for the Hoosiers. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Once again, that is homefieldapparel.com wear one for the team all right now it's time to move the ball find the open man get some opening thoughts ryan time to rant buddy yeah uh you guys will have to uh, forgive me i'm still getting over being sick so like i said on thursday night show i don't have a whole lot of patience uh when i'm not feeling well and i had zero patience for what i saw today um I was just an awful showing. Uh, yeah, they made those runs and stuff like that. But I, I mean, you allowed a guy in Ryan Langborg who would be like 10th on Indiana's depth chart talent wise to come in and drop 26 on you. And Ryan Langborg went to my high school as the all time leading uh, scorer from La Jolla Country Day, led him to a state title. I love the kid. I love the way he plays. 
but that guy should not be dropping 26 on Indiana at assembly hall. And I mean, just watching it, you watch him and you're like, you know what? That's the kind of player that Indiana's missing. And they've got a couple on the roster. I think Trey Galloway at times plays like him. Uh, Anthony Leal probably has a potential to play like him. Gabe Cups in a couple years might play like him. But he's just a smart basketball player who attacks a team's weaknesses, moves without the ball. When he's open, he's able to knock down shots. Stepped. He's a 72% free throw shooter, but in the clutch down the, down the stretch, hit all eight of his. I mean, that's the guy Indiana's missing. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not a smart basketball player and you don't do the fundamental things it takes to win a basketball game, what use do we have for you? I mean, you, you need to be a good basketball player on top of being talented. And Indiana just seems to play such stupid basketball for way too long in these games. I mean, it's just no, it's just directionless. It's on offense, just dribbling around. No, no plan to do anything. I, a perfect example is where Indiana's down six late and they push the ball up and they immediately, Trey Galloway's got the ball. And he's immediately looking to throw it inside to go for two, which you're going to score that and then immediately foul their best free throw shooter who's going to come down and make two free throws. You've gained nothing and just wasted time. I know this is not a good three-point shooting team, but it's a very slim margin that you're going to come back in this game. Shoot threes to try and cut into the lead. So if you hit three, you foul them, they get two. You have made up one point. It's very simple, and yet there was no direction from anybody on the bench anywhere telling them not to do that. They did that on three straight possessions. They went inside for two, looking for Khalil Ware as a, when they were going to give up free throws on the other end instead of, hey, let's run a shooter off a double screen, get him open, get a shot. If he misses it, hey, we're probably going to lose this game anyway. Let's at least try to make a come to like come back and overcome the deficit. And that's not what they did. And it's just one team is well coached and smart and one team is not. That was the difference today. Northwestern is not a more talented team. Northwestern is not a team with better players than Indiana. They just play the game better and smarter and they have an idea what to do. They have an identity. They attack that. They take away you they try and take away your strengths and that's it. And that's why Northwestern is a better team than Indiana. And it's sad saying that, but that's the state of the program right now. And right now they're a better program than Indiana, quite frankly, because they're consistent and Indiana is not. So that's what it comes down to. Northwestern has smart basketball players. Indiana in general does not and are not when Indiana is not well coached and does not attack the right way. Also joining us tonight is Coach Marlowe uh, of Doing the Work. Uh, Coach, uh, on, the, on the men's side, uh, n- not as good a basketball right now, but what did you see tonight from uh, this game in the 76-72 loss to the Northwestern Wildcats? I, You know, I've been a defender. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. I've, I haven't been on the show a lot this year, but in the chat and stuff, I've been a defender. It, I, I'm, I can't defend what I'm seeing right now. I, it, it is – you watch that out of bounds play. We and I wrote it down. With, uh, Fifteen minutes to go in the in the second half, we come out of the timeout. Mike Woodson, great ATO stuff after timeout plays. Runs a really good set. Where's that in the half court offense? Why aren't we doing more of that type of stuff in the half court to get us better shots? And and with that, and and I'm sorry, Northwestern may not have the talent. But like Ryan said, they're better players. The basketball IQ on this IU team, outside of a couple guys, is god awful. They don't think they don't they don't think about where the game goes. Malik was awful today, and he continuously tries to go one on three when guys are open. It's a simple game. You're covered by two, three guys. You kick it to the open guy, and on that part's accountability on Mike Woodson. Sitting on the bench, he'll learn to pass out of the double team. But here's no, and this is what's really getting to me, and I'm going to be on a rant a little bit. Is I don't see accountability. They're missing free throws. Sit on the bench. I'll find somebody who can make a free throw. Don't give me this story in the press that you work on it. If you're working on it, you're not 12 for 21 in your home gym on a consistent basis. All right. And so I want to see, again, I don't know if we will, but I want to see more of what I see in that after timeout. I want to see more of what I saw playing with the pace. I want to see Gabe Cup shooting threes like he did in high school and didn't think about it every time he got the ball. I, I Again, I have I can't defend it because right now this the, the program isn't defendable. It was awful basketball for most of the game. Some guys played hard and, and stuff, but we let five guys in my, you know, I'm going to 
again, five guys from the hyper came in and beat us in our gym today. We let two guys who wouldn't even get an offer. They're two guys you pick up last on the Y team at the hyper, and they had double doubles today. Uh, I, I think they're a little bit better than that, but I understand your point, yeah. Ryan. I'm going to come back to you. I know you have something here real quick. One sec, yeah. But I, I do want to talk about the basketball IQ. Everyone's been on Coach Woodson about auto benching, and then he, he leaves people out with two, and, and Malik Renew picks up his third foul, who, and he's very vital to the Indiana game offensively and he picks up on a play that was headed towards the perimeter is about 12 feet out yeah. reaching where really that had no advantage defensively it wasn't preventing a basket it wasn't preventing a, a pass from going to the basket he picks up that foul he picks up his fifth foul out of frustration too at the six minute mark which really limited indiana's uh, ability uh, down the stretch when you lose your best offensive player and, and and there were there were a few of those moments again where the basketball iq and it's tough i i know i you know, how much of it's on the coach, how much of it's on the players. The yeah. players have to pick that up too. But it's also what is emphasized. And, and, and Ryan's point about the three for two, uh, when you're under 45 seconds, you've got to start launching threes when you're yeah. down six or seven. Um, and, and so th th stuff like that uh, d does not make sense. And, and I think we're, we're spot on here. That ATO where you had a ball screen throwback diagonals, what everyone beats IU on, we see it only in out-of-bounds situations. We don't see it very much in the regular play or any kind of calls uh, when necessary. Northwestern had that little ball screen slip action uh, to Nicholson for two dunks at yeah. key parts of the game for Easy. key baskets. Where's that come from? That comes from the bench. Uh, and so the, some of those. Ryan, you had a, another thing you wanted to add. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I really appreciate Jeff uh, picking me up <laughs> by ranting because uh, I'm a little <laughs> low energy today with the uh, sinus infection I'm dealing with. So I appreciate that, Jeff. You're, 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 you did a great job. Um, no, I mean, there's a perfect example of that basketball IQ difference. And, and Andy texted this to us. There was one point where Boo Booey shot a three. And he knew it was going to come up short and he just followed it up because he knew nobody on Indiana was going to block him out, got the rebound. I don't even remember if he finished it, but I just remember as soon as he shot it, he sprinted towards the, towards the hole. Now a point guard is not typically a guy who's going to go crash the offensive glass because you got to get back and transit to prevent transition buckets. But he knew nobody was going to block him out. And he had Gabe cups on him. Who's a very fundamental player, but even Gabe turned and watched the shot as opposed to block him out. And, it might have been Leal. I don't remember. But whoever was on him just didn't block it, didn't even think about it. He ran right to the basket, grabbed the ball. And, you know, it's stuff like that. Like, it's just blocking out is so easy. It's the easiest thing you can do. You're guarding a guy. You turn around and get in front of him. If he gets around you, maybe wiggles around, reaches over you, whatever. You know what? You tried. But how many times do other players – Indiana opponents grab a basketball with nobody around them or people at least half a foot away. They had when Northwestern is a terrible offensive rebounding team. They had 14 offensive rebounds today, seven of them to Nicholson who had renew and, uh, and, and Khalil Ware, who are far better than him guarding him today. Again, it's easy shot goes up. You put your butt into the guy behind you and you make sure he doesn't go around you. It's simple. It's effort and focus. That is all rebounding is. It's effort and focus. Sometimes you get unlucky, you get a bad bounce. Okay. But when it's this consistent, you're not getting unlucky. You're not trying hard enough and you're not focused and you're not being smart enough. That's the difference. And Northwestern just, again, terrible offensive rebounding team, 14 offensive boards on the day, seven of them to Nicholson. I mean, that's just, how do you let that happen? They're not a big team necessarily. They're not an athletic team and they're beating you to the ball every single time. And then on the other end, they only had three turnovers and you have 11. You got to beat them somewhere. Where are you beating them? They're, they're out hustling you. They're out fundamentally. You. Like, where are you beating them? And it's certainly not from the free throw line or three point line, which is the way places you can make up for stuff like that. So Indiana can't afford to not be fundamental. And it can't afford to not be smart because they're not good enough at doing the things that can help you get over that hump. Oh, I can't believe I just said get over the hump. Oh man, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get raked over the coals for that. But um, yeah, I just I mean it's very obvious. You look at the numbers and they speak to what the game was. And quite frankly, Indiana made a run late. This was about a 10 point game. I mean, let's be real. If you look at the numbers and look at what it should have been about a 10 point game, Indiana made a great run late, but that wasn't the game. The game was not close. It didn't feel close. 
Yeah. Um, he, I'm catching a little grief for, for being positive. I don't know how people can read that. I'm not happy at all. It's bad basketball. I'm just trying to direct the show and let these other two guys <laughs> take my points. Uh, but I, I'll always be compared to Jared Morris because he's a hell of a dude. So thank you for those people in the chat who are comparing me to Jared. Uh, no, bad basketball, bad coaching, bad playing. That, there, that's how I really feel. And, and direct message me. I can be a little more honest than that. Coach Marlowe, you had uh, another thing that you wanted to say. Yeah, I'm going to follow up on Ryan talked about boxing out and Gabe Cups, especially get Trey Galloway. You know, those are coaches kids. And and I saw a couple of comments here in the in the chat mob about boxing out. And and part of it, again, I, that tells me it's, they're not working on it. I'm sorry. You can't prove yes, to me that is that, that that's good. Point. Yeah, they're okay. not working on it. It's not Obvious. emphasized that. Yeah, I, I told you, I'm just it's your I'm biggest flaw. Other yeah. than shooting, it's your biggest flaw and you're not working on it. After sure a week off. Yeah, After a week, a week off. off. But, but and again, I, I and I know this doesn't bear out in the stats, but our front line's soft, or at least they play soft because they allow guys like Nicholson and other guys to outwork them, out hustle them, out just out tough them for an offensive rebound. And but that goes back to what's emphasized. Coach Tonsoni and I, I'm sure probably were in the same boat. We heard this growing up as coaches. Ryan probably heard it as a journalist. You, if you accept it, it's what you're going to get. Mike Woodson yep. is accepting that on a box out and on the rebounding, and that what that tells me there's no season. accountability. Yeah, and there's no accountability for missing missing blockouts continually, and there's no emphasis on it in practice to clean it up. That's the only thing I can gather from. I'll say this: what one more thing. The problem I have isn't that like these things happen because sometimes it's just a team is just a bad mix, and you know whatever. I mean, I have a problem with it happening. But again, sometimes it's just a bad mix, a bad season, bad roster, whatever. It happens. You have a throwaway. The problem is the lack of change. And if right. these guys aren't working together, you have Absolutely. guys on the bench. Try people. Like, you know, again, CJ Gunn against Purdue had a career high 13 points. Woodson talked him up all week. He barely played today. Barely played today. And what do you get? He got 10 minutes. It's. Give him some run, you know? I mean, like, give him a chance. What I mean, you're, it's not working. He only played five minutes in the first half and five in the second. Like, where did that Where did that go? He talked him up all week. <clears throat> a guy like Caleb Banks, I know he hasn't been playing well, and he hasn't played in weeks. Like, if, you're, if guys aren't blocking out, the bench is the greatest motivator on the planet. Bob Knight. And, and, and if, they're, if they're not going to do the things you need him to do. Gabe Cups, again, I thought he played very hard today. I thought he did his best against Boo Booey. But there are times where Gabe, just being a freshman, isn't good enough at what he needs to do. Throw Anthony Leal in there a little more. Like, I mean, there's, there's things you can do to at least change it up. And if you lose with those guys, you're still going to lose with the other guys. So give it a chance. I mean, I, I don't understand what that's the thing i don't get is is you're not playing well you're losing to teams you should not be losing to and the next game we're going to see the exact same stuff we saw in this game the exact same stuff the exact same focus on solely throwing into the paint the lack of movement on offense the defensive setup the lack of a blockout the same rotations and the same players it's not going well at what point do you learn your lesson and 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 the answer is never. It does. It it just so far has been never. Now I hope Mike Woodson gets it. I hope this clicks for him. I hope that maybe this offseason they change the roster and they change what they're prioritizing and they change the offense and all. I I would love for that to happen. I don't want to go through another coaching search eventually. But if it continues like this, how do you justify keeping this system and keeping these coaches when you're not improving on? literally anything this is the way this team has played from the beginning of the season the exact same way and let, nothing's let, getting better let, and let me add there's no creativity within the game either as as things happen within the game it is uh, a predetermined sub pattern that when where's coming out sparks is going to go in and then you, you save walker for when renew in trouble, and I think that's why Gunn didn't get run because he is Galloway's sub. And if Galloway's playing well, then you're sub, no matter what they did before. There's no, there's no, there's no creative thought process um, going on, and, and things happen in a game. Foul trouble happens in a game. Have have a bunch of stuff ready to go. Uh, p play different lineups uh, within a game if something isn't isn't working. It's just the same 
uh, you guys have said it, and, and the same stuff over and over again. And I want to go back to the last thing before One we thing. coach. Let me jump in yeah. real quick before you do this. I'm mm-hmm. getting like 12 texts right now that Mike Woodson is going off on Malik Renew in the post game show or in the post game press conference, just going off on him. Uh, Mike, turn the microphone, turn the microscope on yourself, buddy. Like you should have done a long time ago. Well, sure. Go off on Malik Renew, fine. But where's the accountability for you when you're not making changes and making this team better? So, yes, Malik Renew had a bad day, really struggled. But you know what? In a lot of this season, he's carried this team. So, you know, going off on him, fine. Try and motivate your player, whatever, cool. But at some point, take some accountability yourself for the way your team plays. At some point. And stop just saying, Oh, it's on me. I got to get them over the hump. Okay, we get that. You got. What are you doing to get them over the hump? Like, and and so, I'm sorry. Like, I you're gonna go off on Malik Renew. He's carried this team in games. He's led this team to victories this year. But uh, you know, almost single handedly a few times. With like, and he and Galloway too. But at what point you're gonna go off on him? But if anybody questions you, you get mad about it. So I, I just, I'm sorry. Turn the mirror on yourself. I, buddy, I will say this: you're not making this team better. And I haven't read everything, but I don't believe the press conference is the way where you hold people accountable. I think you hold it True. by sitting them on the bench. I think you 100%. run it in practice. You change different lineups. You do different things. You you emphasize things that need to be done. But I think when you, you run the risk, I mean, that kid's carried Coach Woodson uh, all year long. He had a bad yeah. game. Uh, he had a bad game. He's bad defensively. He had some bad fouls there. He didn't score. We need him to score. We lose by four. But you take care of that business in the yeah, locker room or in a film room. Yeah, and it's fair when, to be upset when, with how he played. When you, when you cancel him under the two media events after a bad loss to, and maybe it was sickness or maybe it was something else. But you cancel two, and then now what we're hearing is you're going after a player who had a bad game. Um, and I haven't heard him, so I, I, I need to be careful. Yeah. But um, I, I've always protected players uh, in the media. Uh, you, yes. you, you just take that right as a coach, especially if you're getting paid millions of dollars. Instead of, you know, 75 cents on a dollar that Marlo and I got paid or an hour um, for what we did. But you protect them. When they win, give it all to the kids. When you lose, take it on, on the coach. That, that might not be fair, but you got to do it. And then rip their rear ends in practice. Put them on the end line. Get the trash cans out. That is my favorite practice is we had to film on the court. We're going to run this play right. All right, we didn't. Now, down and back until you puke. Now we'll run the next one right. Uh, you, you, you need accountability, but not, I don't, I don't know that I like it in the press conference. So, um, I, I want to go real hey, quick hey, and uh, I wanted to jump in here real quick. Couple, go ahead. Go ahead, coach. I, I just want to take it this, it, it did Indiana plays well cause they're talented and they can throw alley-oops and they can, and, and Baco was really good in the second half and all that stuff. That's why this game was made down to a four point, uh, deficit, but they lack uh, with the IQ, they lack emotion. Like th- there's just no juice uh, on the team. For long periods of time, even when even when they make uh, you know make solid plays and, and make a run, I, I just think that for whatever reason right now, I've used the word disconnected, uh, and that can go a lot of ways. But they're just not, and not everything needs to be fun. But you need to have some enjoyment, and you need to play with a passion. And I don't see that passion right now from the Indiana Hoosiers, Ryan. It's very mechanical. It's very mechanical and it's very, you know, I think that's why they start games slowly. Sometimes it just, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of juice. And I think there's just, they don't have a lot of confidence in themselves or in the team or in the fact that, you know, the, the, the ability to win games, but yeah, I, you know, I think we've, we've beat this pretty heavily to death, but I just, at what point are we going to see improvement? Like at what point are we going to see program improvement? Like, yeah, I love that Mike Woodson has gotten Indiana. I like I love some of the things he's done behind the scenes. I love that he's gotten Indiana in the mix for some of these top recruits. I love Liam McNeely. I'm excited to see him come next year. Uh, but on the court, this team has not gotten better since October. I mean, I, you know, you see little spikes where it's, oh, that was a good game, but then boom, right back down. And you take the average of it, the team's not getting better. And individual players have had little spikes where they've been better and all this stuff. And it's great to see Khalil Ware, you know, answer his doubters and play really well for Indiana. Um, so there's little things you can point to. But in general, where's the improvement? How has this team gotten better? Where has it gotten better? And and the answer is it's really hard to, to find that. There, yeah. are, You know, 
defensively, they've gotten marginally better at certain things and, you know, but it's just, where's the improvement? And that's on, that's not on the players. That's on the people developing the players and putting the plan together. And, and so, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm tired of this lack of accountability for everybody in the program. If they're not good enough, if they're not running the stuff the way you want it, if they're not doing the things you need to do to win, there are other players on the roster, go to them, try them out. And if you're not doing that, then you're not really trying. All right. Coming up on assembly call, we'll uh, break down. Indiana's lost to Northwestern. I'll point out some meaningful moments you might've missed. Then we'll go inside the numbers uh, for the stats, most important stats of the game. You're listening to the assembly call. Stick with us. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. You're listening to The Assembly Call, IU postgame show. I'm the host, Coach Brian Tonsoni, with Coach Marlowe and Ryan Phillips. We're breaking down Indiana's loss to Northwestern by a score of 76-72, to 72, and it's now time for The Meaningful Moment. Meaningful moments that you might have this segment is brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. Uh, to learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. Um, meaningful moments, we've already kind of touched on, on some of them, and they were big macro things, I think, that almost everyone picks up on. Uh, for for the most part, uh, I, I just the fouling. Uh, Indiana got outscored at the free throw line. Part of it was because of our inept free throw shooting, but also because uh, I I wrote down just the word dumb fouls, uh, fouls that don't need to be committed. One that builds up to the bonus, but two once you're in the bonus, you have to be a little more intelligent. And also, if coach is going to adapt and change to his uh, automatic benching or auto bench thing then you have to be smart cups was smart i don't think he picked up his third in the first half when he was playing with two fouls but renew and he struggled tonight with thinking the game fouled in that situation but there were fouls all the time gabe's had a bad uh, gabe cups had a bad one when he was fighting the big man just let him go in there but instead that could have been a huge uh, dagger when they hit a three and got the ball out for possession so it's just continuously uh, to see uh ticky tack fouls and i know that a lot of people were upset in the first half with the officiating. Uh, I thought, the, you know, we didn't clearly see. I think it was a hook and hold on Peyton. You could agree or disagree with that. Uh, I, I thought uh, even it kind of evened out a little bit on the uh, intentional flagrant yeah. one uh, that um, on Galloway. I thought that was I thought they a, were a both, play, right? I thought they were so both I thought they unintentional. Were over, yeah. yeah, over uh, evaluating a couple of those, those fouls. Called but nonetheless – we, we got to stop uh, dumb fouls. I, I just think that is – you want to play hard. Here's another part about what we said in segment one. You can emphasize playing hard, but playing smart has to be a part of this program. You can't just out-talent people. You can't do those things. You have to uh, play with, with some sort of uh, intelligence out there. And fouling, we saw it at Purdue or at the first Purdue game especially, putting people uh, to, to the line. It's just, it's just shocking to me. Coach, did you have anything that uh, you wanted to talk about? 
Uh, honestly, it was a meaningful moment. No, I honestly didn't think there were that any. Um, I'll be brutally honest. I didn't find any meaningful moments. Other than, I will take that back. I did like, because he was forced to, we played Malik, or excuse me, we played McKenzie uh, and Baco at the four and went with a smaller lineup. I would like to see more of that going ahead. But I do want to go back real quick to something Ryan was talking about before the break. Number one, I'm, when I said we should have done it sooner, I would not call Kid out in a press conference. I hope I was not trying to infer that. I would have just done it way earlier in the season in a practice, a film yeah. room, and things like right, that. Right, right, right. Um, secondly, it worked out to a little bit today because he didn't have his best game. But I'm not sure who thought putting Gabe Cups on, on Boo Booey was a great defensive matchup. I, I would have liked to see him on somebody else, but gave gave credit. I thought he played well. And coach, you and I probably had a variation of a similar variation of this. At some point, you got to look at these kids on account and be like, "Look, I'm losing with you. I can lose without you. I'd rather win with you, but you got to start playing my way and you got to start doing things the way." But again, I'm not sure the coaching staff is getting those things done. But honestly, meaningful moments. The only thing I really liked was when we went small in that last four or five minutes because Malik had fouled out. Yeah, I got back yeah, in the ball game with it, Ryan. Your yeah. meaningful moment. Gabe Cups, catch and shoot, two threes. That's a meaningful moment for Indiana. When Gabe catches the ball and dribbles or walks into a three or does that pull up long, he drifts. Every time he shoots, I've said it since I saw him do it in high school, he kind of fades to the left, which he fades whichever way he's dribbling. So if he's dribbling left and he rises up, he'll fade to the left. If he dribbles right, he'll fade to the right. Needs to work on that. But when he catches and shoots, he's been pretty successful lately. And if he just doesn't hesitate, 38% from deep. Yeah. On on low volume. Yeah. When he catches and shoots, it's fine. It's just a matter of coming off the dribble. And I think in high school, he was such, he was people, I think wanted to compare him to Jordan Hulls because son of a coach, you know, like, you know, all that stuff, his size, he plays the same position, but that's not who he is. He's not a pure shooter the way that Hulls was. He was more of a playmaker in high school and would score. And so he would do a lot of driving into the middle and do pull-ups and stuff like that And I, when, when, stuff, when it wasn't there to distribute. And I think that he got into that habit instead of just being a catch-and-shoot guy, which is what he needs to be for Indiana moving forward. So those two catch-and-shoot threes, I hope that continues to build his confidence because Indiana needs more offense out of Gabe Cups if they're going to do anything down the stretch of the season. And – if he can hit those shots, they played him off the ball. I did think that was a good adjustment tonight. They had Galloway on the ball with Cups. It wasn't Cups always on the ball. And if he's a better shooter, that might be a better option. If they're going to run that action where you have middle ball screen and throw back across the way because of the tag coming off of off of Cups, if he can do that. I thought he passed up one. I thought it was a good good pass to Mbako late. Uh, I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good pass, but I also thought, man, a lot of guys in college would have shot that, especially after you hit a couple, but Gabe cups scoring points is important. Uh, Woody has to put uh, Gabe in scoring situations that are appropriate uh, and maybe catching threes or, or coming off a screen or a flare screen or something like that. And I know that's a lot to ask for in, in Woody's system, but he's a kid who can score more if you have slight actions like flare screens, a, a pin down, uh, you know, those types of things, a little bit more than just uh, standing on, on the perimeter. So I agree with you on that. I thought that was important. I thought he battled. Boo Booey didn't score a basket until late. I thought Gabe's struggles on Boo Booey came late uh, in the game when Boo Booey just went off. Uh, I, I thought he, he, he did a good job, not a totally great job, because Booey got by him a few times, but he didn't score. Early. Yeah, early he struggled and, to keep him in front, and then I thought for the bulk of the game he did a pretty yeah. good job on him. And I and think he just Celeste, wore down. And Bowie's a really good player; he's going to yeah, beat you eventually. Yeah. And he only had fourteen. You know, you think you know Bowie would have a little bit more, but boy, he went he he hit that big three that really was a dagger. Yeah. And then he got another one, and then he got one in the lane, and 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 so forth. Uh, the other me- uh, quick meaningful moments: uh, Northwestern's passing inside. Langboard had an incredible play where he wrapped it around two people behind and and got an easy basket. When Indiana shares the basketball, they score. When they don't share the basketball, they don't score. Uh, Coach Marlowe, you brought that up, uh, the, the double team or triple team that Renew uh, had a turnover. But he also had a shot that he missed. Mbako had just hit a three, and he was wide open on the strong side. And there was it, it was just going to go up. And, again, it goes back to what's emphasized. I think these guys are emphasized. Go make a play. When you catch, make a play. Make a play. Beat your defender. Make a play. If some help comes, then you give help. And I don't think the give help or, or the, the and more passing is really emphasized. It's just kind of a byproduct of 
go make a play. Uh, and, and so I think that's something to keep an eye on because when Indiana has shared the basketball and that ball moves and the, and the one more passing, they, they have people who, you know, who hit shots occasionally and, and offense is just better. And you can attack closeouts when, when you move that and, and the offense, as much as we don't like it, it is designed to draw defense, but you gotta be early. You gotta be early with your reads. You can't be stubborn and try to just plow through multiple people uh, on, on offense. And coach, I'll jump in on that because we were talking about this in the discord a little bit. The longer this team waits to get into their action in the half court, the worse the offense is. Absolutely. I, I, I wish yes. I had some kind of synergy totally number. I wish I had some kind of synergy number, like to be able to pull up and say that when their shots come within the last five seconds of the shot clock, then what their percentages are, or what their points per possession are, because when they go quicker and they're getting into their action with 20, 18 seconds to go in the, in the shot clock, they get such better shots. And that's more anecdotally. I don't have the synergy staff stats to back that up. But that's just a feel I get as watching them as a fan and a coach. Go faster. Play with pace There's doesn't mean run. Pace, pace right. doesn't mean run and gun. It means get into your action quicker. Well, and, and get into good action quicker because at times we have in, increased our pace statistically, but it is a one pass into the post, everyone stand, and then you throw up something real quick. So it's got to be good action early. But I even will add to the transition, the transition threes. Uh, Gabe Cups, one of yours, uh, Ryan, that you talked about was in transition. Uh, Peyton Sparks had a rim run basket uh, f where, where they beat the team down the floor. Yeah, it was a great that, finish. That That's – that's just good basketball, and I, I don't know that, that we do uh, a whole a lot of it. All right, now it's time to go inside the numbers, brought to you by Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding areas and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and chat mob Hall of Famer Megan Mahaffey and her team in Bloomington, Bedford, Martinsville, by calling 812-339-3334 or by visiting jacksonhewitt.com. And, and the numbers, the just two numbers stand out for me, points off turnovers and second uh, chance points. I think at one point I, when I last looked, it was 18 to two combined in those two uh, segments. And, and those are things you can control. We talked about it in segment one, take care of the basketball, make the simple play, block out and pursue the basketball to finish a defensive possession. And you get outscored 18 to two in those two categories combined, you're going to lose a lot of basketball games. And those are just effort that's on the players. It's also on the coaching staff for what we've said and the theme of this show is it's late in the season. Where has the improvement uh, come yeah. in these areas with the accountability, however you want to do it, besides ripping them in a press conference? Um, so that's my number. Uh, anyone else want to chime in on a yeah, number? Or? I've got points off turnovers for Indiana, zero. Um, and then the other one is, I will say, fast break points for Northwestern, zero, and Indiana had 14. Uh, so they were getting something in transition, as you said, yeah. coach, and that's a big yeah. deal because the slower they are offensively, the worse they are. I mean, it's, it's very obvious. You you guys are both absolutely right about that, but then you look at free throws and I think it's just something that's bitten this team all year, 12 of 21 from the free throw line. Yeah. Um, I, it, at some point, is that going to get better? I, I don't, you know, you're six of 18 from three. You're down by as much as they were down. Like you can shoot more. You know, I, I don't know, 50, they shot 50% from the field and lost the game too, is the other thing, uh, which tells you, you're just not scoring enough points off of those baskets. I mean, it's, it's, it's purely what it, what it means. You shoot 50%, you should win, but they're not getting enough points out of those made baskets. Um, and then the Ryan, last the number free throw. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I'm going to interrupt Ryan like he normally does, but where Go your ahead. free throws, not only the total number, but Indiana was on that run, and they were on a 7-0 run with 3.52 left, and yep. they got the foul. Galloway gets to the free throw line for two free throws and the ball, and he split them. And then they score a, a two-point basket. So now it's a 10-0 run. Then they get fouled again. I forget who it was, but only split uh, one there. And and then later, uh, Ware misses two free throws, and then a one-on-one -on -one situation that was missed by Leal. So in the last six minutes alone, the missed free throws were vital in a game that ended up being uh, one possession until the last uh, foul shot went in at, at five seconds or whatever else. So timeliness of the missed free throws as well as the total. Has a lot Sorry to, do to interrupt. With it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You guys numbers. 
Well, Ryan was taking the ones I wanted, so but uh, I will throw this out there. Hey, I don't know what – it had to be a career high, and I don't know you know where it ranks in terms of the school or anything, but Trey Galloway, 12 assists. I mean, he was dishing. Yeah, and they had 19 assists on 27 made baskets. That's not bad. I mean, but – That's when again, they score, when they, you're make, not when getting they enough, share the baskets. You're not getting enough points out of those possessions, you know, whether it's not making your free throws or whatever, when you're getting shots up. I mean, the – you know, Northwestern took 12 more shots than Indiana. And, and, and so it doesn't matter if you make and, – and Northwestern only shot 35% from the field, and Indiana shot 50% and lost because Northwestern hit eight threes and they were 22 of 28 from the free throw line. That's the difference in the game is you're not getting enough out of what you're running offensively. When was the last yeah, time and, we shot 50 – sorry, Coach. Go ahead. As you can say, when was the last time we shot 51% at home and lost? I, I don't know. I don't know. The, the assist number, I ne- I will not take that away from Trey. That is fantastic. And and when he's been six seven or more, Indiana usually performs well. Much better. But, again, three of those were dunks under 45 seconds. Yes. Which really needed so. – goes back to back to Ryan's opening thing But at about, least he was attacking. At least he was yeah, attacking. Yeah. I, I, well, you're coming off the double high ball screen, and then they rolled and they didn't tag. And, and so it's, it's good offense, but you're down six with 37 seconds left. Uh, and they're giving that up. I, I think I think Northwestern was actually guarding for threes instead of the twos, and so Indiana Indiana had taken those, those twos. But uh, that goes back to the production of what we're doing, right? That's a good statistic. It needs to happen more. It needs to be combined with other players moving the basketball too. But that's something uh, maybe Indiana right. can build on going forward. Coach, even if you do take – you want to say, okay, take those three because we're coaches and you're looking at it from that standpoint. Nine, That's yeah. still nine assists. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, Trey um, was not the team's problem today. Let's just no, say that. No, no, Um And, and the other thing – well, we've talked about it as <laughs> ad nauseum. So, we'll just move on uh, here on Assembly Call. We're going to hand out our game balls, Hoosier Hustle Award, and discuss a lingering question or two. And look ahead to Indiana's upcoming opponent. That's all next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Hey, this is Deron Davis. And what's the only thing better than dominating a Duke big man in the post? It's celebrated with friends afterwards. Join Gerard, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the Assembly Hall call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with Coach Marlowe and Ryan Phillips, and we're breaking down Indiana's loss to Northwestern by a score of 76-72. to 72. It is now time for our game balls, presented by our friends Allie and James at Bloom Environmental. As we enter the colder months and begin to stay indoors, or we're in the colder months and got some snow this week, they want to make sure everyone knows about radon, a colorless, odorous, radioactive gas that is leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation and through service pipes of homes. According to the EPA, Monroe County and other surrounding counties throughout Indiana are expected to have elevated levels of radon above the action level recommended by recommended for mitigation. Contact Bloom Environmental today and mention Assembly Call for a free radon test kit and a mitigation estimate. Learn more at www.bloomenviro.com. All right, Ryan, game ball. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Khalil Ware, just pure from the numbers. I mean, 22 points, 16 rebounds, four blocks. Uh, he was also a uh, plus minus was a zero. Uh, so in this game, that's actually not bad for Indiana. Um, it was between two guys, and I'm, I'm going to have to give it to him just because he, you know, 22-16 is nothing to sneeze at with an assist and four blocks. Coach Marlowe. Uh, I'm going to go with where I, there were some things I I had some issues with how he played today, but I yep. agree with Ryan when you put up numbers, but he also, you know, and but I will say this, he also allowed Nicholson to have 16, 16 rebounds of his own. And a lot of those on the offensive end were because Khalil was not doing, you know, in my opinion, his job there, but I'll go with Khalil. He also had four blocks. Um, he did have an assist. Um, so I'm going to go with Khalil, just like Ryan said, the numbers bear it out. 
I, I'm just going to – obviously, uh, Ware is going to win our, our game ball. The, the young man had outstanding numbers. Uh, I, I think, for me, I'm going to mention uh, Mbako simply because he came out of the gate in the second half. He was not very good in the first half. He wasn't very aggressive, and the young man started uh, shooting. He started driving the ball, getting fouled. He had 19 points in the second half including a big three there at the end to cut it down to three at the very end with seven seconds to go. I think he deserves consideration. I probably would vote for Ware as well, but I'm going to throw uh, Mbako in here because that is someone who is talented enough offensively to get more shots than, than he's getting throughout the game, not just in a situation uh, late. And I, and I credit him within the game. I'm, I'm a big believer that you get better within the game, and I thought Mbako – got better within the, the game, at least from the offensive standpoint. A lot of times uh, you lose track of defensively unless it's a glaring mistake. I, I don't think he had too many glaring mistakes uh, defensively. So I'm going to give my vote to Mbako just so I can talk about him a little bit and the positive stretch that he had at least the first seven minutes of the second half. And I thought his aggress aggressiveness stayed with him. That's something that I think he's progressed. He's gotten a little better defensively, not great defensively, uh, uh, but – his offense it's not a disaster ability. anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think that is something uh, this season that, that has been has been something to, to be positive on uh, for, for that. Okay, now it is time for the Hoosier Real Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, I have some exciting news to share about our friends at Evansville Security Services. They've been acquired. They are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either, but it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the security pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit securitypro247.com to learn more. That's securitypro247.com. And tell them Anthony Leo sang you. Thanks, uh, Anthony. Coach Marlowe, who gets your Hoosier Hustle Award? Uh, I, I, I kind of thought about Mbako here because, again, I thought he put up some decent numbers, and, and I, I agree with you. I thought he brought some energy at the start of the second half. But there was one play there that I thought kind of epitomized the way this game went. There was a ball that was going into the backcourt, and Malik just kind of watched. I mean, Gabe did his best to try and maybe get to the point where Northwestern would touch it, but Malik just kind of, you know, half went after it. And I, so I have a hard time there. Um, Trey played 40 minutes, uh, played the whole game. 12 assists, as we said, but only seven points on two of seven shooting. Um, you know, so here I'm, I'm going to go with Gabe Cubs here. I thought like, I thought Gabe played well. I thought his defense was pretty decent, not great. And, you know, like Ryan said, hit a couple shots. And uh, so I'm going to go with Gabe Cubs here. Ryan. Can I give it to Ryan Langborg just because we went to the same high school? <laughs> it's played 40 minutes. No. Uh, I, Gabe Cups is a good pick. I'm going to go with Trey Galloway just because he played 40. Uh, he did have those 12. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. 
And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. 12 assists. I thought he was playing the whole game uh, really hard. I just think that it was difficult because he had such a tough task on defense guarding Langborg and then occasionally boo-booey. And then on offense, he had to be the only one driving the action. So, I, I mean, I just thought he, he left it all out there. I didn't think it was his best game. The 12 assists are nice. I didn't think he made a whole lot of great decisions late. But if we're talking about pure hustle, I thought he worked really, really hard. And so I'm going to have to tip it to him. Hey, real quick, if I said if I said Malik was the one who dogged on that one, you meant I, McKenzie. I, I met McKenzie. I met McKenzie yeah. Mbako. My bad. That's But that's why I didn't go with Mbako. We all on. picked up on it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You were, yeah we got it. Um, I, I think both of those deserve, uh, you know, consideration. Uh, I'm I'm probably going to go with Galloway too, uh, simply because I, I think he tried to run the offense, and and it's not a stat award necessarily, but I think you got to no. be really in tune to what's going on and, and notice things to get those twelve assists, uh, and and then playing forty minutes it, and the load that that young man has been asked to do in a variety of ways on a team that has uh, uh, some issues in, in many different areas. I think, you know, this was a game that he stayed with it uh, and led the charge down the stretch and did bring Indiana back to within a basket late uh, as, a, as a senior leader. So I am going to go uh, with Galloway as well. So Galloway picks up his uh, team-leading fifth Hoosier Hustle Award on the year. Uh, and, and now it's, it's time uh, for lingering questions. And you know, it's just difficult to come on on a show afterwards when you're 14 and 11 and the expectations were uh, extremely, extremely high. Maybe maybe not super high, but at least better than this. And we've talked about it on the, on the Thursday night show. But the lingering question is, what can we see going forward, effort and attitude-wise? And I'm going to jump on Ryan's thing. Can we see improvement? Is there enough time to see just slight improvement and win a game or two down the stretch so that uh, we have something positive to talk about at some point, and the guys can have a little bit of relief that the win at Ohio State w- was nice, uh, but, it, you know, it, it's followed by a couple of losses and, and just some, some struggle. And I think you see it in some of the, some of the lack of emotion uh, the season is wearing on a lot of people inside yeah. the program. It's just tough to watch. So the lingering question for me is how can they rebound? we got a game against Northwestern or not we're Northwestern against Nebraska coming up. On Thank Wednesday. God it's not Northwestern. Yeah. It's... And Nebraska doesn't play well at home or on the road. I'm messing everything up. Nebraska doesn't play uh, well on the road, but they're fighting to stay in discussion for the NCAA berth. So this is a huge moment for, for Nebraska. Can Indiana match that intensity, get better in a couple days? Ryan, your thoughts on, on just the end of the year. We have what, five, six games <clears throat> left. Are we going to see it? Can we see it? Must we see it? I mean, something's got to, I mean, even though they're not going to, it doesn't look like this team's going to wind up in the postseason in any shape or form. uh, You've got to see something out of this team in the next couple of weeks to make you think that, okay, well, next year we've got some hope doing something like, I mean, and and if you're Mike Woodson, if you've watched this, and I said this at the live show after the Penn state blowout loss at home, if you watch this film and your first reaction, isn't, I got to change a lot we got to make some dramatic changes. If that's not your reaction, I don't know that this job is for you. And if you've watched the last stretch of what eight games where they beat Iowa, they beat Ohio state. Other than that, they've lost six of those eight. If you've watched that stretch of basketball and your reaction isn't, wow, this isn't working. Uh, We got to change some things. And your reaction is instead, well, the players aren't doing what they're supposed to do, or the players aren't doing what I'm asking them to, or the players. Well, Ask them to do things they're capable of doing. Change what you're doing to fit your roster. And maybe open yourself up to ideas that you haven't thought of yet. Uh, if that's not the reaction to this, then this program is in is in a real bad place. Uh, Indiana entered 2024 10-3. They have gone 4-8 and eight since. And in a lot of those losses, they've looked real bad. So... That's not just guys having bad days. That's a program problem. 
And so, yes, over the next six games of the regular season that are left, and some of them are tough, uh, you're going at Penn State. You don't play Penn State well. Haven't beaten Penn State yet under Mike Woods, I don't think. You host host Wisconsin, go at Maryland, at Minnesota, play at the barn. That'll be fun. And then you host Michigan State, a team that is really talented. And just when you think they're starting to figure it out, they kind of stumble. But that's a team that's going to be a dogfight. I mean, there is every possibility in the world this team could lose all six of these games. I mean, every possibility in the world. You have to see some kind of corner turned at some point. Or what are we doing here? What are we doing? So, Ryan, you bring yeah. up a point that Indiana, I think, I think the record close has been 12 and 6, 12 and 6, 12 and 6 at every point of Woodson's year. Uh, and, and then they lost five out of seven coming down the stretch in year one and were down 17 and a half against Michigan and then flipped the script for a couple of nice wins to get that tournament bid as a 12 seed yep. play in game. Uh, then, then last year, 12 and six, and then all of a sudden you had Shafino find his Shafino way and Trace Jackson Davis find his way and three big wins, two against, uh, Purdue that got Indiana in up the seed line and a, a good win at Illinois, two wins against Illinois. So four wins on tournament teams there. And Woodson was able to turn it around. And then this year again, 12 and six, but now we're back to, to that first year. So it's really been bookend years of you know, not good basketball with a really, you know, a four seed is a good year of basketball led by two NBA players. So, you know, I'll jump in here real quick and give you my thoughts on that lingering question. Then we'll end with, with coach Marlowe is yes, you do need to see all of what you just said. A good coach doesn't just stick with what he thinks is working when it isn't working. Uh, winning is important and, and, you know, if ultimately, if it is on the players, and I see this in the chat, it's the players hitting free throws, the players blocking out. But ultimately, it comes down to the responsibilities of head coach. Coach Marlowe and I have always had teams where we couldn't get through to them, and the players didn't do anything. But ultimately, that's it's on my record, it's on Coach Marlowe's record, it's on Coach Woodson's record. We've had two years of very questionable basketball under Woodson. Sandwiched uh, in between was a really good year. You have to say it was a good year. Got a four seed, but lost to double digits to Miami. And so you got to turn it around because next year, you know, what's the outlier? I, I'm just asking everyone, what's the outlier? Last year was an outlier when they won, or were the two bookends the outlier and just bad things happened because the players didn't really know what was going on? There are two possible answers depending on how fans want to see this, right? If fans want to see some positives in, in what has happened since Archie, you could probably find it. There's probably an awful lot on our side where we're not very happy with the with the program. And is is it going to change in these last five games that they have left or not? Coach Marlowe, your thoughts on on what we're going to see going forward? At this point, from what we've seen, I don't have much hope that Mike Woodson is going to look in the mirror and have that conversation with himself of let's try something different. Let's you know I'm you know, and I realize it's hard to go to a totally new system. You know, you're not like you're going to just all of a sudden in three days go totally yeah. new, but you can make some changes. You can think you can make some changes to the way you're running guys in and out. I I was in a text message with the group today with the way they started the second half now. It wouldn't have probably played out that way, but man, I would have seriously thought about an iron five that second half with the way they started the second half. I would not have subbed until somebody either had an injury or somebody fouled out. I, I would have kept playing, playing, playing. Cause at this point you're fighting for your life uh, as a, you know, to a certain degree as a coach, you're, 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 you're he, he may not act like it, but he's got to be hearing some of it. And, and, and again, we, we all have a thick skin, but we also all hear some of it. Um, but I just don't have any hope that he's going to look in the mirror and be like, you know what? I got to do something different. I got to do, I got to try something different. I got to, I got to try a different approach, maybe, uh, defensively, offensively, whatever it may be. I just don't have it. And, and I seriously, my lingering question here is Ryan kind of hit on it. Do we win another game? And what does this look like if we go out the final, you know, zero and six here and, and what does this fan base look like? What does the program look like? Um, because right now it's, it's not pretty and none of us are happy. And, and again, I just don't, I I don't have the words to express it because I don't want to see another coaching change per se, but man, you can't go under 500. You can't be under 500 in year three. It's something has to, there's going to have to be a serious discussion somewhere. And kind of, that's the lingering question is when and how is that linger is that serious discussion at the end of the season when they have a postseason evaluation? 
I, I need to be corrected. Uh, Indiana did beat Penn State. Uh, my man Ari texted me and said that uh, there is one win against Penn State. It came in early in, in the first year of Woodson, so I want to make sure I get that correction. Next game uh, is Wednesday. Uh, Assembly Call will be here at the postgame show. Uh, the guard, Tominaga, you got to guard him, uh, you know, but they played really well. What's the center's name? The big center is, is steps out and shoots threes as well uh, for Nebraska. I'm not Andy. I don't have the names of everyone there, but Nebraska spreads you out, runs some good things, but they haven't been able to do that consistently or not even consistently much at all uh, on the road. So there might be a win coming up on Wednesday against Nebraska if you can stop the, the three-point shooting. Go ahead, Coach. But Northwestern was terrible on the road. Good point. Great. <laughs> Great. Always, always bringing us up at the end of the show, Thanks. Coach Marlowe. Thanks, just, Coach. Just, I, just I'm just talking about maybe getting a win, trying to Facts. throw, throw Facts. a little bit of, you know, positive out there. Uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Uh, great apparel. It uh, lasts a long time. Top end of the line stuff. Proud to wear it. Use the promo code HOME23 at checkout to get 15% off your first order. Okay, uh, it's time for last call. Coach Marlowe, we'll start with you. Uh, last call on tonight's loss. Right now I'm feeling about as low for this team as I've felt all year. I, like I said, I've been a defender for much of the year. I just – but I after the Purdue game and after this game, you know, we had eight days. You had a full week to prepare, and this is what you got. I, I'm just going to sum it up as disappointment, frustration, Ryan, last call. Yeah, I just I, I think it's time for everybody in the program, outside the program, and even the fans, just what are we doing? Like what are we what are we doing? What is what it what have we got out of this team? I mean, this is you look at pure talent, you look at star rankings, look at things, this is a very talented team. It is. They're missing some pieces, but other teams, other programs figure it out. The other other programs have injuries and have guys that are missing and have you know deficits at certain positions and they figure it out. I mean, Northwestern was without one of its starting guards today and didn't really have a problem scoring or playing defense. I just I, I just want to know what Indiana's plan is. And I feel like for the last seven years, I haven't known what the plan is, what the long-term plan is here. Because next year it's basically looks like it's going to be a roster reset again. And you're going to be running the same stuff and the same defense that doesn't work. And, you know, trying to fit square pegs and round holes. I just, I want to know from somebody, somebody, the adults in the room that there is a long-term goal and a long-term plan. And we're not just doing game to game month to month, year to year here. And I don't feel that. And I haven't felt that in a long time. And I feel like, Mike Woodson doesn't answer those questions. I feel like the athletic department doesn't answer those questions. What are we doing? What are we doing? And a season like this is inexcusable. The way they've played, the style of basketball they've played, all of it is inexcusable. And people who are excusing it away because one player got injured because Xavier Johnson, they relied on him and he got hurt and this or that's not an excuse for how they've played. You want to talk about results? Maybe, hey, you don't have you don't have your senior point guard. You're not going to win these games. But look how they're not winning these games. And look how they're playing. And look at the problems and the things missing. It's fundamental stuff that everybody should be doing, that every team should be doing. And Indiana doesn't do it. And their opponents all do it better than them, all of them. And so sometimes the talent wins out and they've won games. But in general, they don't play smart. They don't play well. They don't shoot. They don't do the basic things you need to do. They don't block out. They don't do those things. Why not? And it's time to start asking why not. And and there's no reason Indiana should be this bad. None. And I'm just at a point of the season where I'm resigned to the fact that this isn't going to go where we want it to go. And that's fine. You have bad seasons sometimes. But the way we've gotten here is what irks me and, and what bothers me. And at some point, we need answers for why we're so invested in a program that is doing the wrong things. And that's all I've got. Well said. I, I'm going to close the show. I'm not even going to give my two cents worth. Indiana, we said it all year, but got to be better. And, and Ryan, uh, you said what a lot of us are thinking. And, Coach, you did as well. If you want to see us do the show live – 
be a part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assembly call. Don't forget to go to our substack.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. And special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear in the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back Wednesday after the Nebraska game. So we'll see you then. Until then, take it from me, James Blackman Jr. Keep your elbows in, eyes on the rim, and get buckets. Go All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Have a good week of work. We didn't talk about the uniforms. I don't really want to talk about them. Uh, you either like them or you don't like them. It's just part of business. So that's my. They're comment. not meant for us. Yeah, um, and so no, it, but it black is what not it is. a school color. I know. It's just it's it's a recruiting thing. You know it is. But um, but is it like USC's when, when, talked about doing that? When have you ever heard USC's of kids say, you know what, I don't like the coaches. I'm not getting enough NIL, but they have some sweet unis, so I want to go to that school. How about you? No, I, USC has talked about maybe doing a black uniform or whatever. I think USC's football uniforms are just cla- like like Penn State's. They're just a classic, like that's college yeah. football. Alabama's. Um, I've always said there is no better uniform game than when USC and UCLA play each other and they both wear their home uniforms because yep. they're both, yep. you know, same time. I, um, and I love, I just love that classic look. I hate when teams go to the alternate, you know, like Oregon's thing I, is yeah. annoying to me. I don't I, like I, that. I think it's annoying. I agree. But it's, I don't but like fact. any, any alternate in any sport. I'm just no. that old fashioned, but I also know I'm old. So yeah. for the young group that really liked them, congratulations. Uh, save up your money because you know those sweatshirts that the coaches were wearing are like 575 bucks or something like that. I went to the to the web page. There's I, not much under 90, uh, and that's like a real small pair of running shorts that I, I would look disgusting in. So, um, I, yeah. I asked my son, who's a senior in high school. I go, he knew of the brand. I go, I go, but who's spending like 100 bucks on a hoodie? And he's like, you'd be surprised what 18 year olds will spend their money. Yeah, on. I I agree with that. You would hundred dollar hoodie. They were 500. I think those quarter I, zip I saw, quarter zip ones were. Now nah, these these are like a traditional hoodie that you oh. know. But, like, but still, 100 bucks for a hoodie. <laughs> hey, home field has only if it's now. home field. Only if only it's, home, if it's field. home field. Hey, home field the with their Hendrix stuff dropping. Hey, for the 454 still here, check out Indiana baseball. Uh, my goodness, they had a, a win on the road at Coastal Carolina, number 18, in their home stadium, followed up by a win over a, a, a bad George Mason. But they went 2-1, and one, lost to the number 12 team in a tight contest on Friday night. One, they are going to be fun. So follow yeah, baseball, them. Big 10. All the women. By the way, watch the women's team. If you're, if you're getting tired of watching the men's team, watch yes. the women's team. They do, they do all the things that we are begging the men's team to do. Watch them and then watch doing the work after. Please do yeah. that. They, By the way, doing the work tomorrow night, the women actually play one 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central, I think, tomorrow. President's Day game. So doing the work will be on tomorrow night at 8, eight Eastern, 7 Central. Cool. Kathy yeah. has to work. Hey, Coach, uh, if we do an 8 o'clock on Friday, would you be available? Or a 9? Eight or nine, yeah, I got to go to my son's. Well, my son plays at six. Eight might be pushing it a little bit, but I can just let you know when I'm home. I don't know. You probably have to announce it, don't you? Yeah, Um, but you want to say nine? I can do nine o'clock Friday. Okay, we'll do that. I'll put it out there. We'll go nine o'clock because I had a radio game get moved to Thursday night, so I'm going to have to catch up on watching the game too over, you know, on the replay, so – because for yeah, those of you who don't know, Iowa, Iowa comes in on Thursday night for IU women. Game is sold out. Uh, our good friend Joel posted on Twitter today, tickets are for uh, the, like $400 for tickets to scalp nice. on SeatGeek. All right, guys. I'm going to go get back in bed. Yeah, All you right. Do that, Take Ryan. care, everybody. Yeah, guys. Yeah, right.